0: Turn with me, please, to John this morning, gospel account of John. We're going to pray another prayer of agreement once you get there. How many believe the Lord can speak to you this morning through the Word, minister to you by His Spirit? You're not limited to what I know. That's good. The Lord can say things to you that I didn't say, can't He? While you sit there in your seat, He can minister things, give you answers. Give you help and just minister to you. Sometimes I've had people come to me after service and go, "Oh, brother Keith, that was so wonderful. I'm so glad you got into this and glad." And they begin to tell me all that they got, and I, I said, "Well, hold up, hold up. Now, tell me that again. What was what was that? Because I didn't say that. They're getting that from God. But isn't it wonderful that He is our individual teacher on the inside?" John chapter six. Be ready to read there. And we're going to pray. John 6. Father, we thank you so much for everything that we enjoy today. We celebrate our freedom this weekend. We're so glad. Oh, how many things you have done and how many prayers you answered these past centuries to allow this nation to be... And to sustain it, it would have fallen many times, but you've held it up. And that you've allowed the prosperity to be here and the freedom to be here and the gospel to go forth from this place and from these shores all over the world. And it's going strong today. And we're saying, Lord, get glory to yourself in this nation. Let your words and your name and your church be exalted and raised up and glorified and move on everybody that's in government from the top to the bottom to give heed to your things and give place to you and yield to you. And those who are not, deal with them to change. And those who won't change, get them out and put somebody in there that will listen to you and that will honor your word and honor your church. And your things and the gospel to go forth from this land. And may the gospel go forth from this nation more and greater and stronger than it ever has before. And thank you, Lord, we know that when this gospel has gone to every nation and tongue, then you're going to come back. And we're going to rejoice and be glad to see you and meet you. This morning, Lord, speak to everybody's heart. Give everybody eyes that see and ears that hear. And give us revelation of your word and help us to receive and enjoy all the benefits that you've given us in our Lord Christ Jesus, and we give you the praise. Amen. In John six, uh, the sixth chapter of John's a big big chapter compared to the others. What is it? 71 verses. And uh, a number of things he touched on and talked about in here one of which he began talking about the bread of heaven and the teaching that he gave here was such that the people who heard it got upset about it and a lot of his followers quit him this day because of teaching this and you know he didn't and he didn't try to water it down and be more socially and politically acceptable he he finally turned to his other his 12 and says are you going to leave too how many know we need to stay with the word whether it's popular or whether it's not whether people stay with us or whether they leave us over it we need to stay with the word And there will be some persecution. The scripture says, they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And so if you're rocking along and never getting any persecution, you need to check up. Are you living godly? Are you standing up and being a witness? Because you're going to hear something. If you're really being a witness and if you're really letting the light shine, not everybody's going to like it. And not everybody's going to compliment you. Amen. And when you're being used of God, you're going to hear something about it. You're going to catch some flack. That's all right. You're in good company. You're in the company of the Apostle Paul and Peter and of Jesus himself. Jesus said, If they hated me, they'll hate you. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they received of me, they'll receive of you. So, how many are glad to be identified with Jesus? And you're going to, if if some heat needs to be taken, you'll take it. But we're not going to change our testimony, right? Amen. We're not going to water down the Word, try to keep, keep everybody happy. You know, a friend of mine had a, a large, successful church. And one of his, uh, well, actually it was his strongest financial contributor, a man who was very wealthy and who had been given a lot of money for some years in the church. I mean, a lot of times there was a project he would half underwrite it or, or completely underwrite it. And he came in one day and he told this friend of mine, called his name. He said in the office, he said, uh, now this stuff that you've been teaching and preaching on the last few Sundays. He said, I can't go along with this. If you don't back off of it, I'm going to have to pull out. Well, he didn't even have to pray about it. Now, you know, everybody knows what you should do. But that ain't what usually happens. Everybody talks a good talk till it comes down to it. And uh, But he did. Thank God he looked at him. He said, well, brother, you know, I, I love you and you've been such a blessing to us. He said, but uh, you can't tell me what to preach. And he said, this is scripture. I've been giving you scripture every Sunday. This is Bible. He said, yeah, but I just don't like that. And if, you don't, if you're not going to back off, I'm going to pull me and my family out. He said, well, I don't want to lose you, but I'm not changing. He said, well, we're, we're gone. And he walked out the door. Sure enough, they never came back. He's sitting there in his office. They're in the middle of some big projects financially. He says he told the Lord, he said, Lord, biggest giver in my church, just left. So the Lord said, No, I'm still here. <laughs> and he said in just a matter of weeks, the the Lord brought three other people in. They were almost as strong as this one guy, but there's three of them. Amen. 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 (laughs) Everybody said out loud, you do not not. have to to compromise. compromise. Don't let the devil tell you that you do. You never have to. No, you don't. Don't back off of what he told you. Don't back off of doing what he told you. Be faithful. Amen. Well, let's look at this teaching that caused so much controversy. In Jesus' life that that so many of his people left him. So many of his partners, so much of his crowd got up and walked that day and didn't come back. Over this. Let's read it. First, it started off over some of the unbelievers that were around asking Jesus for a sign. In verse 30, John 6 verse 30. They said to Jesus, what sign do you show that we may see and believe you? Or what do you work? You know that on more than one occasion people challenged Jesus to do signs and wonders? And that he never accepted the challenge? Mm -mm. Sometimes people will say, well, you know, you guys preach healing and miracles. If it's true, prove it, show us, do one. Absolutely not. Don't even think that way. It's not our job to prove to people that God is real. It's not our job to prove that he still heals or prove that the miraculous. That is not our job. It's not your job. It's our job to proclaim it and to live it. Amen. And then it's up to people whether they believe or not. You can see miracles and still choose not to believe. But on more than one occasion. They said, prove it, show us, do a sign. And he never accepted that challenge. Never. He did leave towns because of their unbelief, didn't he? And there are times when it says he could there do no mighty work because of their unbelief. Well, he said, they said rather, our fathers, verse 31, ate manna in the desert. As it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Everybody say true bread. Now he's talking about two different kinds of bread, isn't he? Physical bread that you can eat that sustains your body. Is there another kind of bread? There is a bread. Now, and, and you know, the old English word for bread, we'd probably just say food. Uh, in, in fact, meat, in the New Testament, when it says meat, it usually means bread. It's kind of confusing. And if it's talking about what we call meat, it uses the word flesh. So meat and flesh is bread and meat. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it is kind of, but anyway, it's all in there. But, but a lot of times you could just substitute the word food. For the word meat. He goes on to say. Jesus said. Moses didn't give you that bread from heaven. But my father gives you. Present tense. The true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he. A person. Which comes down from heaven. And gives life unto the world. Then they said to him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. Now, uh, you, well, i got to back up a little bit. Do you understand this comes on the heels of the feeding of the multitude? You, if you read the, the previous verses here, then, then, you know, there were these multitudes, uh, these 5,000 men plus women and children, and how that he took, you know, a few loaves and fish, and, the, and a, a great miracle happened there, and everybody was fed. And then he went across the little sea. And they followed him. And he, he knew by the spirit. He said, you, you're following me, not just to hear the word of God, but because you ate and got full yesterday. And I guess maybe they're thinking, we'll never have to work again. We'll just follow this man around. And as long as somebody's got a sardine and a cracker, we'll just, everybody will eat. And we won't have any lack." And so that's why they're, they're waiting. They're wanting him to do it again. Uh, Here's another thought, friends. You know, God does miracles and he does spectacular miracles, but we're not to live on the spectacular. And not all of the miraculous things of God are spectacular. And if you're clamoring all the time, your focus is, I want to see something, I want to feel something, I want to see spectacular miracles, I want to feel, then you are rebelling against walking by faith. Well, that went over big, didn't it? Did you hear how? Boom, like a lead balloon. <laughs>
1: I ain't changing it. Let
0: me say it again slowly. It, it's important. You know how I know some of these things? Because when I first got saved, that was my big deal. I want to see something. Hmm? I want to feel something. I, don't you misunderstand me. I love miracles, and I love the spectacular miraculous. I'm believing for signs and wonders. But I am not clamoring that I have to see something to believe. I believe. I'm going to walk with God whether I see something or not. Amen. I'm going to follow Him whether I feel anything, whether I have a hot flash, cold flash, no flash. <laughs> Goosebumps, <laughs> feel good, feel bad, right? I, I'm not. My, my walking with Him is not based on sight. It's not based on feeling. It's based on faith. Amen. Faith doesn't have to see. Faith doesn't have to feel to believe. Can you say Amen. amen. Even when a voice came from heaven to Jesus one day, he said, that voice didn't come for my sake. Isn't that interesting? It came for you, for your benefit. So don't be clamoring that you're always wanting to see something, you're always wanting to feel something, because in doing so, you are rebelling against walking by faith. And sometimes people throw these little phrases around, well, I'd have to see a burning bush for that. I'd have to hear an audible voice. You don't want to be like that. That's being hard-headed. That's being stubborn. Hmm? If you've got the witness of the Spirit, that's not a voice. That's just a knowing. That's just a sense. If you've got that, if you've got Scripture, you've got enough. Amen. Step out and obey. Some of the biggest things we've ever done in ministry... I didn't have a vision. I didn't see an angel. I didn't hear a voice. I just knew it inside. I was supposed to do it. Like the scripture says, it seemed good. Seemed good to do that. And the more I prayed about it, the stronger it just seemed like this is right. This is the thing to do. And I just did it. And oh my, 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 it was God. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger. Now let's keep reading. He said. The bread of God is he which comes down from heaven, verse 33, and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. And he that believes on me shall never thirst. You have to distinguish in the scripture between natural and spiritual. Because if you don't, you'll get hopelessly confused. There's some people have taken the scripture where Jesus talks about never dying. And they try to apply that to physical. And say, well, if you believe in God, you'll never die physically. There's even, you know, account of one individual that held this this doctrine real strong. And, and somebody said, well, what about the Apostle Paul? I mean, he died and they said, yeah, Paul didn't make it. Oh. <laughs> in other words, he didn't have enough faith to... And the minister told him, well, if Paul didn't make it, you ain't going to make it. <laughs> no, he's not talking about you'll never die. Physically, you've got to distinguish between what he's talking about. Is he talking about if you get saved, if you feed on Jesus, you'll never get hungry physically? No, you'll never get thirsty. No, he's not talking about physically. He's talking about spiritually. The man on the inside. Can the man on the inside, the real you, can the man, spirit man get hungry? Yeah, thirsty? Yeah, and those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they'll be filled, the Scripture says. Mm-hmm. What will satisfy your insides? Now see, th- this is the, such an issue. It's such an answer to so many things in life. Why do people just, you know, continue to funnel alcohol down themselves and destroy? I'm, not, I'm talking about staying drunk all the time and just living in an alcoholic stupor, destroying brain cells, destroying their liver. They know it's happening, but they keep doing it. Why? Why are people doing drugs, shooting up, snorting, swallowing stuff that they know is destroying their body, but they keep doing it? Why? They're trying to satisfy something inside them. And people that will lie and steal and climb over each other for money. And destroy their relationships and running after other women or other men. And, and just, you know, know what it's doing to their life, but they keep on doing it. Why? Because they're trying to satiate and satisfy something that cannot be satisfied with a natural thing. The flesh has to be put under the eyes of man are never satisfied. You yield to the flesh, and, and I mean, in, you know, maybe one pill to do it today, it'll take five next week. I mean, what I'm talking about, and it just gets worse and worse and worse, and the wages of it is death. It's destroying you. Oh, but friend, there is something that satisfies. There's somebody that can do something to your insides that no drug can ever do. That no amount of money can ever do. That no amount of possessions can ever do. That satisfies you inside. It's the bread of heaven. I said it's the bread of heaven. Gives life to those who believe. Let's keep reading. He said I am come. Or he that comes to me rather. I'm the bread of life. He that comes to me will never hunger. He that believes on me shall never thirst. Now. uh, Skip on down. To verse 47. He said, Verily I say to you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and they're dead. But this bread which comes down from heaven, a man may eat thereof and not die. Now is he talking about not dying physically? Physically. Now, it's possible the Lord could return before you and I live out our life. And in that case, we wouldn't die. we would just be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. We'll be changed. This mortal body will become immortal. Now, you know, it would be very, very cool to be here when he comes back. And there's one one thing I'd like to see. And I'll just take a minute and and, and talk to you about it. Because uh, the Scripture, you know... People say, well, I'm going to get a new body. Well, that's true and it's not true. It's going to be this body, glorified. Now, when you say that, sometimes people don't like that because they say, well, I don't like my body. Well, (laughs) you'll like it just fine when it's glorified. Don't, Don't you worry about it. But it's this body, this one. This body has been bought and paid for. This body is included in eternal redemption. This body, right now. But there have been Christians that have died all over the world. Some of them were died out in the desert. Nobody ever found them. I mean, the flesh is gone, the buzzards got them, and the bones were bleached and turned into powder and blown to the four corners of the wind. Where's their body at? There's been Christians that died out at sea. The sharks got them. And that was centuries ago. Where's their body at? Every molecule is still here. God knows where it's at. And what would be very, very cool is when the trumpet sounds, <laughs> all those molecules, I don't care if they're on different continents, they're all going to come together, shoop, together, Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. and the power of God's going to hit it and flow through it, and it's going to become immortal, and they're coming back with Jesus, their spirit's with Jesus, and their spirit's going to get back in their body, yes. yeah. and we're going to be looking at that going, whoa, <laughs> And about that time, that power is going to hit us. Yes. And go through us from head to toe, and we're going to be lifted up off of this ground and go to meet him in the air. Awesome and amazing, don't describe it. I mean, it, it's, it is going to be something. But, if the Lord tears his coming for a while, and somebody says, well, he's not, I know he's not. No, you don't know that. <laughs> Yeah, but so-and-so, I don't care who figured and what book they wrote. You don't know, they don't know. Okay? You don't know. Everybody say, we don't know. We We do know this. It's closer than it's ever been. (laughs) We're closer to it than anybody has ever been. (laughs) Don't get into that. People have written books, written books, only to be embarrassed again and again and again. Just accept it. You don't know when. We know it soon and very soon. We know yeah. that. Thank live God. like it's this afternoon. Because yes. it could be. We don't know. Yeah, sure. But if the Lord tarries his coming, you and I are going to live out our life down here and we're going to die. Yes. Sure. And there's nothing to be afraid of. That's right. Amen. Hmm? Do not be afraid of dying. Are you saved? Yes. yes. Then don't be afraid to die. No. The devil told me I was going to die. Hey, the Lord tarries his coming. None of us are going to make it out of this alive. (laughs) If he tarries his coming long enough, your your cat's going to die. Your dog's going to die. Your parrot's going to die. Your trees are going to die. And you're going to die. But it's okay. I said it's okay if you're saved. It's okay. You die. Your body quits breathing. And you step out of it. Like this. And you look at it and you go guess that's over. <laughs> and an angel will be there to escort you Hallelujah. to heaven. Thank you, thank you, Lord. And he might say, do you want to take the scenic route? Do you want to go through the Milky Way and, and see some stuff on your way? <laughs> yeah, show me everything. Yeah. And you will go to see Jesus. Yeah. Amen? Amen. That's not defeat. That's not bad. That's nothing to be afraid of. So don't be afraid of dying. Isn't somebody killing you? Be afraid of none of that. Because through fear of death, people are all their lifetime subject to bondage, the scripture said. You can't be free if you're afraid of dying. And you're not really fit to live until you're ready to die. You can look death in the, in the face and say, I'm not afraid of you. I'm saved. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. All right, are you there in uh, 47? 47. 47. He said, he that believes on me has everlasting life, and I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate man in the wilderness, they're dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. There is the second death. We will not die. We can only die physically, and that's it. Amen? The second death has no power over us. We are born again, and we will not die spiritually. Amen? million years from now, we're going to be shouting a lot more than we are today. We'll be very much alive, more than we've ever been. Say it out loud, I will never die. That's exciting. It helps you to relax in life. I said it helps you to relax. I'm going to be around forever. Why be so rushed? I'm going to be around forever and ever. Everybody breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. I'm going to be around forever. It helps you. He said, I am the bread of life. Verse 51 I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man will eat of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh. Now, here's where he started losing the crowd. The bread I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And the Jews strove among themselves, and they said, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Whoever heard of such? Is he talking about cannibalism? What's he talking about? Jesus said, I say to you, verily, verily, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He didn't back off, he made it worse. I mean he said yeah. not only do you have to eat my flesh, you gotta drink my blood, and they were already falling off their chair. Cause whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up. Yeah. Hallelujah. Talking about his body now at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth, now this is a continuous present tense word, not, not eats, eateth, eats and keeps on eating. He that eats and keeps on eating my flesh, and drinks and keeps on drinking my blood, has eternal life. I'll raise him up at the last day. My flesh is meat indeed, my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. This is a continuous fellowship. Let me keep reading. As the living Father has sent me, I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, even he will live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live for. Ever. Now, this is a big subject, and we don't have the time to go into all the details of it this morning. But I want you to go to Romans now, the 14th chapter, and see something that is a that, that is directly connected to this. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. And verse 17. Romans fourteen seventeen says. Anybody got it marked? Yeah. Fourteen seventeen, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not natural meat and drink. Now let me just say something here now. You know there's there's a lot being taught right now through Christian circles and, and from the pulpits about food and about drink and about diet. But you need to understand now that nothing that you eat or don't eat will make you closer to God. Nothing that you eat or do not eat will make you holier or more righteous or none of that. And listen to me, friend. Everybody, ever so many years that has this revelation about nutrition and about the flesh, and some of it, if you look back even a few years, the thing that was so hot and heavy a few years ago, some of it has been proven to be incorrect now. What do you think is going to happen to all this information 20 years from now? Now, I'm not saying that you can't learn some things, but listen, the most important thing you can ever do about diet and exercise and lifestyle is follow the one who made you. The Holy Ghost on the inside of you knows what's best for you. People's systems are different. What might really bother you might not bother me at all, right? So what should you do? One of the two of the greatest words in all of this is be led for you. Spirit of God checks you about eating something, then you follow that, whether it agrees with the nutritional gurus of the day or not. Follow the direction on the inside, and if you will follow that, he'll get you in good shape. He'll straighten you up. Amen. And eliminate problems. Had a fellow come to me one time. He says, "You know, I'm, I've been drinking about twelve cups of real strong coffee every day, and I feel like it's hurting me. Do you think I ought to quit?" <laughs> well see what did he tell me I feel like what does he mean he believes that this is hurting him well if you if you override something you believe in your heart it's going to cause you problems but then not you don't if you quit it and then it eliminates some problems you have you don't get on the pulpit and preach against coffee did you hear me preach the word not your convictions preach the word not your experience preach the word Amen. Is that okay? The kingdom of God is not food and drink, but it is what? Righteousness. righteousness, and it is peace, and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, this is another way of saying what Jesus was preaching. Righteousness, actually Hebrews talks about the word of righteousness. Righteousness. The bread is comparable to the words of the Lord. Now this is so important because you are a spirit being. And if you don't feed your spirit, it's going to get weak. And that's why so many people just fall when they're tempted to sin. And why they don't have faith to do certain things is because their spirit's so weak and so emaciated. It hasn't been fed. It's like Dr. Bosworth said, he said, so many people, I mean, they give their flesh three hot squares a day and they try to get by on one cold snack a week spiritually. Well, I hope wherever you're going to church, you don't just get a cold snack when you go. But in some churches, that's about all it is. A little bit of social, something out of the Reader's Digest or something. But we need the living word of God, amen, to come in and feed our spirit nourished up, Paul told Timothy, in the words of faith. Didn't Jesus say, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God? Have you got just a minute for me to show you some other scriptures? Yeah. Go back to the book of uh, Job. Let me show you just a couple here. Job 23. I'm taking a little extra time this morning. Do you have it? Can you spare it? Job 23. Job 23 and 12. Have you found it? 23, Job 12. He said, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. Get this now. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I've esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Does the Word of God do for your spirit what natural food does for your body? Can you just go day after day and not eat and be okay? No, you can't. Most people don't even want to miss one meal. Right? Especially if you went all day and didn't eat, you'd get to feeling weak. If you went three or four days and didn't eat. But you know, people have gone for months and not eaten a thing spiritually. And the thing is, spiritually, you won't die from starvation. You'll just get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. And that's why when you begin to get fed in your spirit, you get so excited. Sometimes you can't even tell it in your mind, but your spirit, begins. you begin to feel stronger. You begin to feel a surge. Something's happening inside you. You're beginning to grow. And you know this, you want more. I want more. Amen. And the more you eat, the stronger you become, and your faith begins to come up, spiritually you're starting to grow. You know there's people who've been born again for 40 years and have never grown? It's true. And and feeding on just anything won't feed your spirit. You know, I've said sometimes humorously it'd be good if all the teaching and preaching and books and tapes had to have spiritual nutritional labels. Now, I don't know who'd put them on there. But some of them would read 30 uh, percent tradition. 20 percent unbelief. 15 percent hype and hoopla. <laughs> I don't know what I mean, a lot of stuff is just a great big fluff of cotton candy stuff. I mean, it's, it's multicolored and it, it looks good, but you can't work on it. I said, you can't work on it. You get out try to do something, and your strength will fade. Oh, but friend, the real substantive word of God, amen, it'll stick to your bones, so to speak. It'll last with you. It'll give you strength. Enable you to stand. He said, I've esteemed the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. If you had to choose between getting to eat physically and eating spiritually at a particular time, if you're smart, you'll take the spiritual meal. Now go to Jeremiah, please, quickly. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah 15. I'm taking some extra time today, but I think it's, it's good. Jeremiah 15. Jeremiah 15, are you there? Yeah. Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. Fifteen, sixteen. what did it say? Thy words were found, and I did what? I did eat them and your word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart for I'm called by the name of your name, O Lord God of hosts. When you're hearing teaching and preaching, when you're reading the Bible, when you got something that's that's good from the word, you need to in your mind be thinking, I'm eating this. And it's interesting because you eat God's words with your ears. Sounds funny, but it's true. In the book of Job, he goes on to talk about like the tongue tastes food, the ear tries words. You can taste it. And after a while, the scripture talks about you exercise your senses to where you can taste where something's good or bad. Sometimes babies don't seem to be able to tell the difference. You know, people can quote scriptures and yet what they're spouting is poison. Just because somebody's quoting a verse doesn't mean it's all good. But if it's the rightly divided word of God, there's life in it. And there's healing in it, and there's strength in it, and it quickens you. Amen? Amen. And you need to know what to push aside, and you need to know what to swallow, what to eat. First Peter, turn to that real quickly, please. Now, we haven't digressed because Jesus said, I am the bread, my flesh is food, and my blood is drink. 1 Peter 2 and verse 2. Are you there? 1 Peter 2, 2. What did he say? Newborn As newborn babes yeah. desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. See, when you're born again, you're, you're born a baby. I don't care if you're 50 years old when you got born again, inside you're a baby. And you will stay a baby unless and until you begin to get fed. And I don't mean fed with men's ideas and a bunch of junk, I'm not fed the Word of God. When you begin to get fed with the words of faith and the words of redemption and substance, then you begin to grow. And you can taste it. I said, you can taste it. I remember distinctly some of the first good teaching tapes Phyllis and I got a, heard of, got a hold of and began to hear. I'd been saved for years, but had never grown. And I began to hear about being redeemed from the curse of the law. I began to hear about who I am in Christ. I begin to hear about receiving by faith and, and praying in prayer and using the name of Jesus. And I got so excited, I hadn't got over it yet. And I'd come in every day after work and I'd pop one of those tapes in. I'd get my Bible out. And people thought I was nuts. They're all doing other stuff. But I'm coming in and I'm thinking I couldn't wait till I could get home from work. And I'd get my notebook out and get my tapes out and get my Bible out. And I didn't realize it, but God was getting me ready. I said he was getting me ready because I would never have had enough faith to leave home and go to Bible school and do all the stuff that has happened if he hadn't have got my spirit built up. I'd have never been able to hear him and obey. And that's how it starts. Like a little baby. You get a hold of a bottle. But you get a hold of something good. Then you get a hold of some Gerbers. Amen. Then you get a hold of some greens and cornbread. And and you begin to grow. And you begin to develop. And you get something substantial. The Word of God feeds your spirit. Can you see as a church why I've asked everybody to at least read one chapter? Every day. We're wanting your spirit to get fed. So that you begin to grow. And you begin to develop. And nothing will feed your spirit like the book. Thank God for tapes. Thank God for other people's books and writings and services. But don't let anything take the place of this book. Nothing will feed your spirit like you sitting down with this book. And nothing else distracting you. Just read. You don't have to break any records. If you read a half a chapter, read one chapter. But you do it in faith. And you do it believing it's... It's it to help you to just sit down before you read and say, All right, I'm going to feed my spirit now. Amen. I'm going to eat these words. These are going to get into me and make me strong. And even if you don't understand all of what you're reading, it'll feed you. You don't have to understand all about the molecular structure of food. You don't have to understand all about what happens when it gets in your bloodstream. Like a minister friend said one time, he said he, as a little boy, he never could understand how a brown cow could eat green grass... And give white milk. And you churn it and make yellow butter. He could not figure that out. But all the time he's trying to figure it out. He's drinking the milk and eating the butter. (laughs) You may not be able to figure out all what this means while you're reading it. But it's getting into you. I said it's getting into you. And it's feeding you. And it's blessing you. Can you say amen? amen? That's the food part. Go to John 7 real quickly. I'm trying to wind this up. That is the food part the meat part what about the drink part he said my blood is drink indeed John 7 John 7 Gospel of John John 7 you were just there in John 6 but in John 7 and verse 37 John 7 37 in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried aloud. This must be pretty important, isn't it? He stood up in the middle of this crowd and yelled. He stood up and he cried aloud. He said, if any man thirst, let him come to me and do what? Drink. Drink. Now, it's, it's an interesting question. Do you know how to eat spiritually Do you know how to drink spiritually? I know you know how to eat and drink physically. You wouldn't have made it this long. But do you know how to eat spiritually? And do you know how to drink spiritually? He said, come to me and drink. And he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. But after he was offered up and raised from the dead, on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit did come. And he's been here ever since. Amen. How many believe you can drink of the Spirit? So how does that connect with the blood? Well, Leviticus tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life's in the blood. There's a direct connection between spirit and life and blood. When Jesus offered up his blood, he also offered up his life. He offered up his spotless spirit for us. And listen to, listen to Romans 14. The kingdom of God is not food, not meat and drink, but it is what? Righteousness. righteousness. We know there's a word of righteousness, a food that you eat that sustains you. But what else? Righteousness. Peace and what? Joy. 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 Everybody heard of the oil of gladness and the wine of joy. Joy in the Holy Ghost. You see here both eating and drinking. Amen. Eating of the Word of God. And how many know you can, you can praise God and, and you can pray in the Spirit and you can drink of the joy of God and you can take in of the peace of God until you can drink your fill of new wine. How many believe that? Go to Colossians real quickly. We need to remind you of this. Go to Colossians. I'm trying to wind it up. I really am. Don't want to short you though either. This is found both in Colossians and in Ephesians. Ephesians. I t- Just go to Ephesians, for time's sake, I won't look at both of them. Just go to Ephesians, excuse me. But Ephesians 5, let's just read this, this passage. Ephesians 5 and verse 17. Are you there? Yes. Be not un- unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. It's not enough to just say, well, whatever his will is, we'll just wait and see. No, he told us to find out what his will is. Verse 18, and what? Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be what? Filled with the Spirit. Amen. Now let's just stop right there. He gives us a comparison so this can tell us how how to do this. How do people get drunk with wine? Drink. Drink. And not just by one drink. Not just by one one portion, right? But drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. Can you drink of the Spirit just like you could drink of wine? Can you? Obviously you can. Have you done it? Do you know how? I have. (laughs) If you don't know how, don't stop till you learn how. Set yourself on a course this morning and say, I'm going to learn how to do this. And drink till I get full. On the day of Pentecost. When they were all filled with the Spirit. What did the people say about them? Mm -hmm. These guys are drunk. Mm -hmm. Now, if you say, well, nobody would ever accuse me of being drunk. Well, you ain't been far enough yet. Because these things have not changed. You can get full enough in the Spirit. Till you are feeling no pain. (laughs) Amen. And if you ain't been there. Don't knock it. Don't knock something that you're ignorant about and have no experience of. But set yourself in agreement with the scripture. Say, Lord, teach me about this. Show me, bring me into this. And you don't have to make a public, public spectacle or anything. The first time I saw about this, I said, all right, I'm going to get a hold of this. And I went back home and I got in my bedroom and I shut the door. And I practiced drinking. Now look at the very next phrase. Don't be drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Here's a clue. Here's a clue. Verse 19 what? Speaking. Speaking. Now, eating the Word of God is connected to hearing with your ears and hearing with your ears inside. Drinking with the Spirit is connected with what? Speaking. Speaking. Speaking to yourselves. To who? There's two applications of this. There is a private application and there's a public application. We won't get into that. But you can speak to yourself. I know mean, David encouraged himself in the things of the Lord. And I mean, after a rough day, when the world comes in and says, I need a drink. You can say, well, I do too, but not that kind. I, I need, I mean, some things in life are too rough to handle sober. You need some help from the Holy Ghost to lift you up. And give you peace. And give you strength. Can you say amen? amen? He said, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing, making melody in your heart. Giving thanks to the Lord. So I did that. I went in there and I shut the door. And I just began to say, I begin to sing. And you might say, yeah, but Brother Keith, you're a singer. I'm not a singer. Everybody can sing. Everybody should sing. I've said it before. Not everybody should record. But everybody. Everybody should sing. Everybody. There's a higher anointing on it. When, when When you sing out of your heart, you step up a little higher. Everybody can sing. And a song of the Spirit is not something that you know in your mind. You sing up out of your heart. So I got in there and I began to sing. Oh Lord, I bless you. I praise your name. I give you glory. I thank you, Lord. I magnify you. I praise you. I believe you're a good God. You're good to me and mine. And I thank you for joy. I thank you for peace. And I didn't feel anything at first. But after an hour and a half of that. I got up to go to get a drink drink of water and ran into the wall. (laughs) I did. And then I fell down and laughed about it. (laughs) Because everything just seemed funny to me and free. You might say, I don't even know about that. Well, don't knock it. It's right here. We're reading it. Can you say, why would he compare it? And why would they accuse them of being drunk on the day of Pentecost? The Holy Ghost has not changed. If you want life in you, fullness of life, then you need to eat the Word of God. And you need to drink of the Spirit of life. And the more you eat and the more you drink, the more you partake of the benefits of His body and the benefits of His blood, you'll get freer and fuller and stronger and freer and fuller and stronger. Hallelujah! Until you are living life to the full. You have His life manifested in you. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Everybody stand up on your feet. Musicians, would you come real quickly?